You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org slash podcasts. There's always a feeling that so much is happening. and I am here at Space in Evanston with Lauren and Daniel of Lowland Hum. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey, good to see you. Um, so you guys are out on support of your new record, Glyphonic, which is released May 10th. You guys are actually ending the tour with the record release in your home state, North Carolina. So why did you choose this sort of atypical approach to the tour of doing the record release at the end yeah. of the tour? So we, when we were talking with our team, they thought it might be an interesting experience to start the tour in February and have singles roll out as we go. And so people at the shows are hearing songs that aren't out and then they can buy the album. Because singles are such a thing on Spotify now, I think the idea was to see what that would be like if people were able to hear individual songs and then they could go to the show to experience a more full picture of the album. It's been really great. Well, I really love this album, I gotta say. It's kind of like a breath of fresh, energized air. Um, And I see it becoming my 2019 summer album, I've decided this. I actually set a calendar reminder to listen to it on June 21st. Like, I'm not gonna listen to it again (laughs) until then. (laughs) That's my plan. I guess I'm bringing it up because I like actively participating in sort of like the cyclical nature of the world. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like there's kind of some of that in your music. So do you guys honor cycles or you live more linearly? I think I think cycles are important to us both. I think a lot of our uh, several songs on the album reference cycles, and songs on our other albums do too. I think the seasons change helps mark the passage of time. And I, I don't know. I was just talking with someone earlier today about one of the places we played in California, and a friend there was saying it's the same every day. And I just thought I can't. I couldn't do that. I, I need those changes, and I need I need to feel like time is going somewhere kind of I don't know if that makes sense it totally does no I my my parents sometimes call me and ask me what our songs mean it's always an interesting call to get my parents were asking me about raise the ring that's the song of ours that's out now but it's it's a their most recent curiosity so they were asking me what does that mean raise the ring that phrase and it's actually about this kind of cyclical nature trying to celebrate the passage of time Um, but also feeling kind of like sobered by the unstoppable nature of it. And so it's a kind of gesture that we made up, which is sort of like a combination of like toasting somebody, but also like kissing the ring in a kind of homage way. Reverence. Yeah, kind of reverence. Kind of have to submit to it. You don't really have a choice in it. So there's a a bit of awe there. Um, Sometimes it feels sinister that, you know, time's just ticking. But then a lot of times it is, you, you can... Um, get in sort of rhythm with the changing seasons and yeah so I do think it's factored very much on this new record. I don't know if you guys are doing this this tour but I know in the past you've 
like handed out lyric books mm -hmm. to go with your show, um, with the live show. And your music is very well written and then it provides imagery and storytelling through the lyrics. Um, and oftentimes when I speak with artists, like they're reluctant to go into like what things mean and like whatever, which is, you know, fair. Um, but so I think it's really interesting that you go to the effort to help people sort of like meet you halfway. Mm. So why do you open that door and guide people through it? I It started, I think, because I'm more of a visual processor. And so it helps me to be able to, well, we both really enjoy like with an album, pulling out the liner notes and reading the lyrics as we listen. So we just thought it would be cool to be able to offer that to people as an option for connecting with the songs. Mm. And it's not for everyone. Some people find it distracting or annoying, and that's totally fine. But every now and then there's this person that comes up and is like this helped me so much to engage better with your lyrics and and it's usually the visual processors or people who love the tactile element of holding something in their hands so yeah cool and kind of for those people the the whoever it does help or whoever this experience i don't know it can facilitate a concert experience for certain people and so we do we just keep doing it for those people yeah. um and because we think it would be really awesome if we went to a show of a band we like and they handed out books and we could read if we wanted. Um, so we still are, we're doing it on this tour and, and Lauren just created the, or, you know, designed and um, we collaborate with a, with a company in North Carolina who, who puts them together for us. But Lauren does all the design and so we've got new books uh, for this tour and we're slowly learning the numbers of the songs. Every time we, every, this is the sixth edition so every time we do it, then we're like, oh, we need to relearn all the numbers, you know, because yeah. uh, there's new songs. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun to have these books with us again. I love how intentional you guys are. It's amazing. This one's for Lauren, which kind of goes along with the artist's book. So you're an artist, also a visual artist, and you provide the artwork for your albums as well as perform with it on stage at times. Um, and I feel like it's rare to know an artist who can create imagery physically and ethereally, like through words like you do with lyrics. So how does that work in your brain? Does that imagery exist in the same space? I think they are related. I didn't start writing songs until we kind of just before we started this collaboration. I do think I approach things visually first, so I'm often trying to translate something that's visual in my mind into words. That's usually the challenge for me. So how does it work visually for you? When it's art related to our music, I usually try to think about what the sounds and the lyrics conjure visually. So it's kind of the reverse process. I just wanted to add, so my background, I studied English literature in school, and the way I wrote songs before Lauren there were descriptions of things and details, of course, but it was much more narrative. And I think with Lauren's voice added in and with we collaborated on every song pretty much. So we're each writing and we each sort of go through 
every single line and we ask each other, does any part of this make you uncomfortable at all? Or does any of it feel not like you? And if that's the case, we scrap it and keep writing until we both feel at home. But I think she brings a kind of a real imagistic type of storytelling, like you're immersed in the vision of her imagination and the story comes to you through that lens. Um, and I think the, the artwork on Glyphonic is kind of like, it looks kind of like a portal that you're about to pass through. And it's, I think it's a real gift because I think she's opening up space, both in what she creates, um, the visual art she creates, and also she does this with phrases too. That's why when we first met, I thought she might be a songwriter. She wasn't writing songs, but I just thought you might be a songwriter, but just not know because the, you're phrasing things in this way that there's space for other people in there. Some people write songs and you can't get in to it. And that's fine. I like songs like that too. But Lauren was speaking in a way that, that there was space for people in there with her. She's making room for them somehow. So I think that line connects her visual art and then the way she writes songs. And I think those influence each other a lot. I could talk about that for a long time. I think about this because I'm, I'm always curious about what leads to uh, the way that she does things anyway. Mm-hmm. I do think I take kind of visual composition theory and apply it to music and songwriting and especially when we're arranging albums but I kind of think about like in the same way that when you're looking at a canvas or you know just a two-dimensional plane like you want your eye to to have kind of a clear path around the canvas and not just be like distracted and ping-ponging all over the place and similarly when we are recording our songs and arranging things I kind of try to apply that like where can we create a point of interest that's not detracting from these other things but kind of leading you through a space if that makes sense no totally and I mean I get that experience that's part of why I love your music so much one one of the other things that I love about you guys um, and just sort of tying the art back to the music is how you help people engage which you've talked about a little bit so here I'm specifically talking about how you help people engage in the present moment with your music with the movement that you started hashtag support quiet music so it pretty much speaks for itself but can you expand on the hashtag and why you created it sure um it just kind of came to me one night before bed I don't think I wrote it down but I would just like beg myself not to forget you know to remember it in the morning support quiet music I think for us we've made quiet music kind of the whole the whole time sometimes with more layers than others but um it's all it's been a challenge for us most of our time as a band to find spaces that are conducive to sharing quiet music and it be like an effective transaction of sharing something and it being received and taken in by the audience just because of bar noise or chatter or you know people come to venues for different things sometimes they're just coming to hang out and that's fine but I think we pretty early on realized there's a real need for spaces that are conducive to quiet music and we see it in a lot of our friends' music, you know, just there's a, so many bands making music that's quiet that I think, and even like festivals, I think are set up to be more accommodating to loud music. And so I think the idea behind it, and we hope that it benefits anyone making quiet music, but just that, um, just to get people thinking about ways that they can support the quiet music that they love, whether it's sending a word of encouragement or, I don't know, Daniel, you have something you want to say? Yeah, there's also this um, idea, I think, that um, that volume equals excitement or that even that volume equals energy or passion or, yeah. passion or, or even depth sometimes. Like, um, and that's really 
to me that's really not how music strikes me sometimes some sometimes something really restrained will just like I'll feel so energized after hearing hearing it because I can tell like they're holding all these things back in order to leave space for this other thing that's that's harder to express or harder to reach out toward um, and so I think it's really not the, the the idea is really not to help our band only I hope I mean, you know we of course we hope it does but um, we, we just are thinking about like how healthy it is for there to be more uh, we need we need all parts of the human experience to be articulated in this medium you know so we just want there to be we just are excited about the idea of thinking of ways to uh, almost like protect the spaces for these less uh, attention grabbing things in a, in a moment that's very loud well, PSA to listeners support quiet music um, <laughs> again I love how intentional and how engaged you are in, in making sure that everybody has access to what you guys do in the live show and like on your record so thank you for that mm-hmm. and um, yeah that's all I have for you so thanks so much for joining me today um, I really look forward to Glyphonic Yay, thank you for having us this is wonderful yeah we love talking with you thank you thank you This has been Amanda Roscoe Mayo for Chirp Radio, and I'm here at Evanston's Space with Lauren and Daniel of Lowland Hum. You can find this and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next. (laughs) 